You're listening to the Panther Podcast, the official podcast of Panconto Falls Public Schools. In today's episode, we learn more about mental health resources available to patrons of the district. Welcome, everybody, once again to the Panther Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Schmidt. I'm here with Terry Olson, Director of Pupil Services. Hi, Terry. Hi, Jason. And I also have Angela Parkansky, an elementary school counselor. Welcome, Angela. Hey, Jason. So um, the, the two of you have very important and kind of unique roles within the district. Um, Terry, I guess starting with you, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do as a Director of Pupil Services? Sure. Um, and I should start out by thanking Dr. Hess for letting us um, take over the podcast for today. Um, we have some uh, important things to talk about regarding student um, services and student mental health. So appreciate him letting us take over the podcast. Um, my role in the district as Director of Pupil Services, I oversee all of the special education programming and at-risk programming for students um, in addition to pupil services, which um, includes our school counselors, uh, school psychologists um, and staff that support all students. Um, so that's my main role in the district. Um, lots of different things involved in that role, um, but one of them that we'll be talking a bit more about today is regarding supporting student mental health um, and families through changes and through, at this time, through the pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's a, a really important role that you play within the district, coordinating all of these different things um, and supporting kids both, in, you know, with their with their education, but then also making sure that they get the additional services that they need. Um, so, you know, I think it's good to have a voice on the other side of uh, what some of those correspondences might look like, you know, people who are working with special education or, you know, mental health needs or any of those kinds of things. Um, you're kind of the go-to person in the district for that. So appreciate all of the work that you do and, uh, and for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. And Angela, as an elementary school counselor, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what your life looks like when you're at school? Sure, absolutely. So as a school counselor, one of the main things um, that I focus on is facilitating that emotional, social emotional development of our students. Um, that comes in many forms. Um, some of the examples would be seeing students for individual counseling, seeing students for group counseling where they're able to practice some social skills or maybe some friendship skills. Um, teaching in the classroom, I teach guidance class um, here at the elementary level where we focus on things from learning about feelings to learning about problem solving, learning about ways to stay safe. Um, most of my topics that we cover really focus on that social emotional development of students. Also connecting with and providing resources to our families, um, reaching out to parents, seeing things that I can maybe provide them with, hook them up with resources, websites, books, um, parenting resources, um, and basically just providing that brief solution focused counseling here in the schools when students are experiencing um, difficulty in, in any area. And I think one of the biggest things about um, the role of the school counselor is helping students in that social emotional um, department so that they're able to do really well academically and be focused here at their academics. Wow, Angela, you have a huge job. You're not the only one that does that in the entire district, are you? <laughs> no, definitely not. We have several awesome school counselors here at Opus. We have two Abrams. We have one, two up at the high school and um, one at Washington Middle School. So we have a great team of counselors, um, you know, working together to really develop that social emotional health for our students. 
Yeah, and and that is such an important piece of uh, what we do as educators. You know, it's not just we're not just trying to teach kids the different subject areas and things like that. But you know, we really one of the biggest roles and responsibilities that we have is to teach them how to be a good human being. And you know, that's that's a, a big part of what our school counselors do is helping kids manage their emotions and um, and those kinds of things. So you know, really appreciate the work that you put in to help our kids and um, help them help them cope with. Uh, all of those typical childhood things that, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes just kind of, you know, you, you, they, they can get away from you. So, uh, you know, that's, that's really good work that you and our other school counselors do very, very much appreciate your efforts. Absolutely. Um, so our main topic for today is we want to talk about, as we have been talking about on the podcast for quite a while now, uh, is, you know, it, this, this whole COVID thing. Um, I was trying to, I was just, I was just reading, you know, I was looking thinking in my head, like how many letters does COVID have? And it has five. So that's too bad. Um, Cause it feels like it should be a worse word than that. So um, we'll, we'll figure something out. Um, but this is, this has been a, a, a really big deal for a lot of people in the way that they've been, um, you know, it's not just, it's not just affecting, uh, not just affecting our, our financial health, our academic health and, our, our physical health, but it's really taking a toll on a lot of people just in their mental health. You know, people who would normally um, not have too many problems coping with things are, you know, we're finding that there are increased rates of um, depression and um, feelings of isolation and, um, you know, just not being able to cope and manage all of the things that are going on in the world. What are some of the things that you've been seeing um, just from a district perspective or from a school perspective uh, that uh, are, are kind of, you know, a, just make us, make us want to stand up and pay a little bit closer attention, I guess, to what's going on in our community? Well, I think COVID has really um, highlighted um, Unfortunately, it's for some families, um, some of the challenges that they have had just because families that maybe have been challenged with um, different mental health or um, economic or social emotional challenges themselves, um, when you add an increased stressor like COVID where you know some families have had employment challenges, some families have had medical challenges, some families you know have um, you know, just had less stability because of COVID. Um, so we're, COVID's really kind of added to the stressors of some of our families that already had a lot of stress on their plates. Um, so that's caused some increase in, in needs of our, of our students. Um, but I think COVID's also um, brought to light um, maybe some underlying challenges that some others, some students have that, you know, in a normal structure, normal, typical kind of school year um, might be able to cope um, much better, but within the time of COVID that added stress and, and the added changes um, and, the, and the coping that we're all having to do um, to deal with the, the um, changes that COVID has brought to our lives, um, I think has affected um, some of our students with maybe some underlying um, challenges that, that are coming to light. Um, and then also, you know, there might be people who really hadn't had any challenges before that because of COVID, um, there may be some, some mental health um, that's coming through or some increased anxiety. I think everyone's anxiety is, it has been elevated by, by COVID. Um, but if that's already something that you've kind of dealt with before, it might just kind of make, um, make it come <laughs> more to light and um, more of a challenge. Um, and I think that's um, 
one of the reasons why we're here to try to let um, let our student staff families know that we're we're here to support you and um, we're, we're still here to do the work that we were doing before COVID. We've been doing mental health work um, and supporting students um, who have had um, different barriers for that's our job. That's kind of Angela and my my role. Um, but we're going to continue to do the work even within COVID and do our best to reach out and address um, needs that come up that we knew about and then new needs as well. Yeah, and there's nothing, uh, there's, there's no doubt that uh, this, the current pandemic that we're going through has changed the way that we've had to do things, right? Um, you know, where we've shifted to virtual learning, we've um, as you, you know, as you mentioned, it's kind of it seems like there are uh, some underlying issues that are being um, brought to light through this whole through this whole thing. Um, Angela, you have uh, some really great resources that you've put together for um, ways that parents can talk to their kids about, uh, you know, a, their, the, some maybe some feelings that they may be having during the pandemic or anything like that. Um, a, you know, do you, can you give us a, a few ideas about ways that parents can help their kids if they're seeing uh, some of these stressors kind of having an effect on them? Absolutely. Yeah, I think first and foremost, just listening to your child and validating their feelings, knowing that those feelings are okay and letting them know that however they feel about the situation is okay. There are people that have those exact same feelings and they're not alone. Um, I always say that validation and empathy go so far. If you just validate how they're feeling and show empathy, that's a huge first step. I think especially some of our younger students might have a lot of questions about COVID, might not um, fully understand why certain things are happening or why we're doing the way things the way we are right now. And I think just answering those questions in a way um, that your child can understand, being honest with them in a way that's appropriate to their age level. Also reassuring your child that they're safe, letting them know that it's okay to feel upset. Um, sharing with them some of the ways that you de-stress and some of the things that help you um, to feel safe and calm. It's good to be a good role model. I think this one is huge too, limiting your family's exposure to news coverage, um, news on TV, social media. We all know that, you know, the moment we open up those social media apps or turn on the news, we're flooded with, you know, everything COVID related. And while it's good to stay informed, I think it's especially good to just take a break and know that that information will be there when you return. I think it's just a, a good practice to take some time off of social media for us and for for kids for sure also keeping regular routines um, we know right now our second through 12th graders are are virtual so continuing to have a routine kids really thrive on the safety and structure of a routine of course being flexible with what you you know have going on in your home but having a routine a school routine family routines that your kids can count on um, also, just spending time doing meaningful activities with your kids, um, reading together, exercising together, playing board games, having family dinners, just things that you can do together as a family to just kind of share, um, share that support. Um, lastly, I would just want to add that focus on the things you can do right now, knowing that it's okay to feel disappointed about the things that you cannot do. We're all kind of feeling a level of disappointment about things that maybe we had to miss out on or got rescheduled or got canceled. And just knowing that it's okay to have some disappointment about that and also to know that this won't be our forever. 
Hey, nobody can see me nodding my head the entire time that you're talking, but that's, you know, a, every time, every single thing you said, like, wow, that's just makes a whole lot of sense. And mm-hmm. yeah, of course, absolutely. You know, um, and, and the, the thing that really stood out to me uh, throughout this whole thing is that, you know, all of the things that you said are a not very difficult mm-hmm. and B except for, except for maybe the last one, um, is a, like, none of these are really unique to our COVID situation. Like this is, this is just the, the kinds of things that just overall will promote, uh, a good mental health and well-being. And, um, you know, I, 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 it doesn't, I guess the, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that this is, it's not, it doesn't take a particular amount of expertise or, um, it's just paying attention is, right. is really what we need to do. And if we're paying attention to, uh, the kinds of things that we're doing and not falling into, uh, a, a rut with bad habits, um, you know, we can, we can do a lot to promote our, uh, our kids and our own mental health, um, throughout this, throughout these challenging times. Very cool. Thanks for sharing those with us. Um, there we do run into uh, situations where um, you know even even with all of these real practical things that people could be doing, um, a, they they may not be enough, right? Or you know, there as we we're as Terry was saying, you know, there may be some of those underlying issues that are maybe coming more to light. Um, do, do we as a district provide any resources for people that might go beyond, uh, just, you know, practical tips and advice or the things that we would normally do within a classroom? Um, yeah. And I think Angela's list of suggestions is a, is a great, um, great starting point for, for any family or anyone who's, um, you know, staff members, you know, all of us to kind of take to heart. Um, but we, um, we do know that, that, that might not be enough um, support for some of our students. Um, in looking at the data from the spring, um, we looked, we asked about social emotional um, supports to parents. We asked to staff um, those same types of questions. How were those supports um, in place for students? And overall, um, you know, our, our school, school counselors, school psychologists were um, supporting students, you know, that they knew were having needs and reaching out to students throughout the spring. Um, but in that survey information, um, we wanted to, you know, make sure that we were catching all kids as, as best as we could. Um, and looking at the Wisconsin Forward document, um, one of the suggestions that they had in that document was making sure if, if a district has to go virtual, that you create a referral pathway to access those services. Um, so pupil services, we met together um, this summer a couple of times, um, reviewed what, what are some ways that we could do this. Um, so we just launched this week um, a way for families. Um, it would be um, students can refer themselves, um, families can refer students, and um, teachers could all, or staff, other staff members could refer students. Um, with a use of a simple Google Doc, there's a link to our website um, under um, emotional support. You just click on the link, it opens up a Google form. And in that form, it walks you through what, what the challenges might be for that student. So this would be for a student who might be experiencing, you know, just higher levels of anxiety, higher levels of concern. Um, if a parent just wants someone to reach out to their child because they're not sure what might be going on with them. This, this Google form and this pathway will, um, 
link directly to the person that you choose, like the school counselor within your building. Or we do have two, two school psychologists on staff as well that work district-wide, um, so not as lo centrally located as our school counselors. Um, so we did create this link and we're hoping that people will use it when they need it. Um, um, when you click on that link and fill out that form, it gets sent right to the school counselor and um, or psychologist and within 24 hours, they should be responding to families, not on weekends. Um, it is not an emergency form. Um, there is information on that form if someone were to have an emergency, um, if someone was um, suicidal, um, talking about self-harm, um, if you needed an, an immediate response, um, you would contact 911 or the county crisis line. Um, so all of that information is included if you click on that link. So if you need emergency, click on the link. Um, if you fill out the form, some support will be coming within about 24 hours from one of our school counselors. Um, and the way that we're providing that support is virtually. Um, our school counselors would get in touch with the family, get in touch with the student, and then set up a Zoom. Um, and then from there determine where that should go. If it should, if it's just a check-in, one-time check-in, um, if it's something that might need to be more ongoing, like a couple times a week or, you know, um, once a week, you know, whatever that school counselor um, or psych might think is needed by that student, um, they'll kind of determine that together um, and then communicate with the families and go from there. So we tried to create a way that would be um, a way to virtually access, create that referral pathway to get to our school counselors, even though you're not, students aren't necessarily in the building. So we're hopeful that people are able to use that and um, reach out. It's a great way to reach out. Yeah, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's an important thing for us to provide those resources for people and give them a pathway to request services like you were like you were talking about, um, rather than just trying to send an email to somebody because not everybody does email real well and, um, you know, those kinds of things. So uh, a really, um, from for me personally, you know, I just I really appreciate the fact that this is out there and is available to somebody who may need it. Um, and you know can can get them uh, access to some of the the qualified staff that we have available um, just within each of our buildings that know the kids that know the teachers that know the parents you know and uh, can offer some of that really important assistance during these times of crisis that some people are experiencing so um, that's you know it's good to have access to that. Um, you know, as, as qualified and as excellent as our staff are, um, sometimes they're, they can't, they're, they're, they're school counselors, right? And uh, school psychologists, which have a very, um, a very specific purpose and very specific training that they, um, that they have. If they, if there's anything um, that is a, you know, a more severe need or, um, you know, is kind of outside of their ability, not their ability, just outside of their training or their scope of practice um, to be able to help, uh, to help a, a child or a family deal with. Does the district provide access to any additional resources um, beyond just what we have in-house? Um, yep. I, one of the roles that our school counselors and school psychologists serve is to um, be a resource um, for families to connect them up with community-based services. Um, so if there is a school counselor, you could always reach out to your school counselor. You could fill out the form. If you fill out the, the online Google form, um, that would be a way to access. Um, and then in working with the school counselor, they may refer you to um, 
different um, mental health providers that are in the community. Um, we have a school-based um, mental health service partnership with Bellin Health, where we have, um, when we're on-site, when we're face-to-face -face with students, we have a mental health provider that comes in from Bellin two days a week. Um, that's on hold at this point while we're virtual, um, but our provider is still seeing students um, virtually. Um, so that would be an option that we can help families, direct families towards. Um, Purveya has mental health providers. There's other community-based providers that we can try to support kind of um, uh, direct families to um, in terms of, of trying to support their, um, their students in dealing with maybe the more pervasive mental health um, mm -hmm. challenges that um, some of our families and students are facing. So two questions that just come to mind, I guess, with, um, with those is, uh, is, there, is there a cost to families for some of those more professional services? And then, um, well, I'll, I'll ask the other question in a little bit. So is there, is there a cost uh, associated with some of those services that the district can help provide access to? Um, there is the, the cost and the we, we provide the referral and, and connect the family up with the provider and then the family and the provider would determine what those costs would be. There are, typically it's run through insurance. The Bellin okay. program that we're school-based mental health is run through a family's insurance. Um, if students are on Badger care, um, that's also, that's an insurance that is covered by the mental health services um, or, um, but yeah, it's not something that the, the school doesn't provide the, the funding for that. We provide, we'll, we'll connect you up with the services and then you work with that provider on the cost. Okay. And how to, how to fund that. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, and then the second question that I had uh, has to do with um, privacy. So when somebody fills out this form, um, the, the information that gets put into there is obviously pretty sensitive and, um, and confidential. How does, the, how does the pupil services department handle that information? Mm-hmm. The when you fill out the form, you select who you want the information to go to. So it would go to if you choose Mrs. Par Mrs. Parkansky. Um, if she's your child school counselor, it would go to Mrs. Parkansky. Um, if you choose um, Mrs. Shallow up at the high school, it would go to Mrs. Shallow. So we kind of we have the form um, where it, di it directs right to who you um, want to have that information, and it should be the school counselor that your child currently has because um, they can you know help the student you know with the most recent. Um, challenges that they might be having. So yeah, as a family, you, you choose where you want that form to go. And then we, as, as professionals, we meet weekly and we'll be talking about the process and just making sure that um, we're, that this form and, and any of the other services we're providing are meeting um, our students' needs. And that's something that we did in the spring as well. We met weekly just to talk about how are we servicing students? How do we do this? We're face-to-face -face people. We want to see people. We want to hug people. We want to care for people face-to-face. Mm -hmm. So we've had to shift to how our thinking on how we can do it virtually. So, And, but, and that's been a, a huge part of our team is that we've been able to meet weekly um, in the spring. And we've gone back to that schedule now that we're virtual um, to be meeting weekly just so we can collaborate with one another um, to know, you know, get ideas from one another as challenges come through. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and you're, it's, it's good to know that you're, um, you're working together, you know, just to kind of use the, I, you know, I hate to say the, like the hive mind, you know, but like everybody kind of, you know, as a team, you all, you all collaborate, you all work together. Everybody has different areas of expertise and things like that. Um, but at the same time, you're, you're being very responsible stewards of the information and the data that we're collecting and, um, you know, being mindful of, 
um, you know, confidentiality and all of those kinds of things. So um, I, you know, I, that's, that's, that's good that we're being cognizant of those kinds of things. Uh, that's, you know, a, an important piece, I think, of making sure that we're serving our people well, which uh, it's definitely apparent to me anyways, that that's uh, what's going on in here, you know, the, the services that you're providing, the ideas that you're doing, the way, that you're implementing, the ways that you're um, supporting staff and students. And, um, you know, just, uh, it's a, it's a big, it's a big job and uh, you are handling things admirably. So appreciate the, the work that's going into everything. Um, thank you both for uh, spending some time with me talking about uh, this really important topic of student mental health and uh, strategies and ways that we can help support uh, our our students and our uh, and their and their academic and emotional growth and health throughout the throughout this time that we're going through. Do you guys have any final comments or or closing uh, any closing statements or anything before we say, say goodbye? Um, I think I'd just off, like to offer, you know, validation and empathy out to our listeners. Um, you know, we see you, we see students working so hard, teachers, parents, you know, we see you out there do doing your best. Um, so just know that however you're feeling, you know, whatever you're going through right now is okay. And um, we're here to help. Mm -hmm. Very well said, Angela. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you both for your time. Uh, this has been a really great conversation. I've really very much enjoyed it. And even though it took us three tries to get it correct, um, you know, we were, it's, it's been a good, it's been a good discussion. So uh, I know you guys both have a lot going on, a lot on your plates. Uh, and this is, this has been a, a really good conversation for me. And I hope that other people find it beneficial as well. Thanks, Jason. Thank you.